Welcome back, everybody. I'm Martina Drago, and this is Talking Films, the podcast which investigates revolutionary films. We'll be looking at one movie that is considered revolutionary for either its technical developments or its impact on society. In our first two episodes, we explore Citizen Kane's innovative techniques and Rebel Without a Cause groundbreaking representation of youth. And in case you missed them, you can find these episodes on Anchor, Spotify, or on our webpage. Today, we'll focus on both cinematic techniques and social impact, exploring how they have been combined in this episode's film to create a movie which has been defined as a masterclass in visual storytelling driven by character. It happens very, very often that people remember this episode's film because of the scandalous mistake which took place during the 2017's Academy Awards ceremony. But of course, this is not the reason why we're exploring it. Today's film has changed the way black community is represented in cinema. And this movie became the first LGBTQ film, the first film with an all-black cast and the second lowest grossing film domestically to ever win the Oscar for Best Picture. This movie has been cheated as one of the best films of the 21st century. Today, we're going to explore Barry Jenkins' Moonlight. Let your head rest in my hand. Relax. I got you, I promise. I'm not gonna let you go. Hey, man, I got you. There you go. Ten seconds. That right there. Moonlight tells the story of a young black man named Chiron struggling to find his place in the world as he journeys from childhood to adulthood in a very, very poor area of Miami. And this difficult environment pushes him to deny his sexuality and his true self. The beauty of this story starts from its structure. The film is divided in three parts, which correspond to the three phases of the character's life, childhood, teenagerhood, and adulthood. These three parts are labeled by the nickname given to the character in that specific phase of his life. For example, the first one, where the character is a child, is labeled as Little. The second one is labeled as Chiron, which is the, the, the real name of the character. And the last one, when the character becomes an adult, is labeled as black. This specific division wants to highlight how we all are different people at different stages of our life. I discussed the film with Francis Smith, lecturer of film study at the University of Sussex, where Moonlight has become, as in many other universities and institutions, a crucial part of the teaching material provided to, to students who want to study cinema. So in this episode, Francis Smith will join us to analyze the movie. But unfortunately, the interview you will be listening to was done over Zoom due to COVID restriction, of course. And so the quality is not really the best, and I do apologize in advance for that. Yeah, it's an interesting question. You could equally have um, the film told in one coherent lineage and without the sort of three actors, three different parts. I think it gets across the sense at which um, child is a, is a completely different experience from adolescence, which is a completely different experience from adulthood. I think that gets across that quite clearly. Um, and I think it's quite interesting, as you say, these um, sections are given, you know, for um, the character's name, not the, not the character's 
often the character's given name, which is Sharon, but also uh, things that the character is called, like Little or Black. Um, and they're often names that he hasn't chosen for himself as well. I mean, all these names are ones he hasn't really chosen for himself. And the film sort of gets across this idea of um, your fate lies you being decided for you um, and you're needing to sort of fight against that. That's one of the sort of key other messages of the film as well, the self-acceptance, but also carving your own path, if you like. So I think the idea of having those three parts is really interesting for showing how those distinct stages of life are completely different from one another and how the, the sort of social role changes as he grows up or as he changes in his in other people's perception of him. He grows from a boy who's very slight for his age to in you know, the very end when he's quite a sort of big guy, quite intimidating physical presence. Um, so it shows that sort of distinction as well. ago I was scrolling down my Instagram and I came across this interview by the promising young actor Timothy Chalamet and um, he was talking about the experience of growing up and creating a personality and his speech just hit me completely because he said that you know when when you grow up you kind of you kind of shopping for your personality so you try different characters different personalities different outfits on and uh, for example when you are in high school Um, you could try, you know, a personality and you can find out that maybe that personality, that character is not who you really are. So you, you try another one and then another one and then another one and so on. And when you finally find your personality, when you finally find who you really are, that's the moment when you become an adult. Well, in Moonlight, Chiron does basically the same. He tries to find who he really is. But what the film highlights perfectly is the way society pushes people towards something they are not when they don't fit into specific categories created by the society itself. Why you always let people pick on you, man? What you mean? You always let them pick on you. So, what I gotta do? All you gotta do? Show these niggas you ain't saw. But I ain't soft. I know, I know. But it don't mean nothing if they don't know. In this context, Moonlight is revolutionary because of its exploration of the relationship between external persona and internal self. And because of the techniques employed in its cinematography and sound design, which empower and underline this relationship even more. One of my favorite scenes in Moonlight is um, towards the end of the film. So it's in the black section when Chiron is a grown adult and he's now got this very sort of, as I said before, very hefty physical presence. And he has now become a drug dealer as was his mentor Juan, played by Mahershala Ali. And he has largely adopted a lot of the mannerisms of Mahershala Ali's character as well, a lot of the same kind of dress sense and so on. But I think what the film gets across really well is the inner vulnerability of that character. So you've got this very, quite a big guy with a very hard, muscular body, but also an inner softness that the film conveys very effectively. So Sharon in this section of the film wears a lot of quite big, chunky gold jewelry, so an essence of hardness coming through there. Um, a lot of reflective surfaces and repelling our gaze as well, that going on. But the way he wears it and his body language 
conveys the sense of this is simply armor. This is just the way he's expected to be um, in this particular space and the kind of role he's putting on. And I think the performances and the mise-en-scene and the direction are really critical for setting up that contrast between the hardness of his sort of societal persona, his external persona, um, and the softness that he actually is, the softness and vulnerability that he really possesses. And that scene where we see um, Sharon going into the cafe where Kevin is working, or cafes or diner kind of thing, um, and he sort of sits and waits for Kevin as he finishes up his shift is really important to that. As he gets, as he leaves his car, for instance, on the way into the cafe, you kind of see him adjusting his body language a little bit, kind of building up to going in, giving that sense of a performance in that sense. And then when he is into the cafe, he's kind of, his body language is very hunched, kind of vulnerable, even as he is, there's quite a looming physical presence there as well. So, and he takes this sort of um, gold teeth thing, I don't know what you call it, but kind of gold teeth set, takes that out um, when he's eating with um, Kevin sort of sense of bringing his guard down for that particular moment in the union. So yeah, I, I particularly like the way that the film sets up this contrast between the hard exterior and the vulnerability of these particularly masculine characters that might otherwise appear quite scary, I guess, to some audiences. As I said, more ladies are a movie about the coming of age of a black boy, Sharon, and how he struggles to find his real self. The movie tries to deconstruct the traditional idea society has of masculinity, which is based on the concept that men only respect other men who have patterns of violence and dominance in their character. This toxic masculinity condemns both feelings and emotions as a sign of, you know, weakness, and in the film, Sharon's softener personality is highly undermined by both his family, his mother, and his friends or schoolmates, depicting how the rigid society in which we live pushes people, pushes us to either conform ourselves to it or to be challenged continuously if we don't. Moonlight highlights the society expectations of masculinity, depicting how the world presses and stresses individuals that are different. What's a faggot? Faggot is a word used to make gay people feel bad. Am I a faggot? No. No. You could be gay, but you're not letting nobody call you a faggot. Generally speaking, this film looks really good. And this means that it's pleasing to watch and that Sharon's story unfolds really nicely in front of us. But the crucial point behind this good-looking film is that every single camera movement or take or shot is chosen with the purpose of explaining the protagonist's inner world. When I first started studying screenwriting, the first thing my professor told me was that in a film you must show, never tell. And this could seem easy, but it's not especially when it comes to representing a character's emotions. You can't just make Chiron say, I'm sad, because it doesn't work. What works, though, is combining all the technical elements you have, like sound, like light, camera movements, to create meaning. And in Moonlight, Barry Jenkins was a master at this. Both 
Jenkins and the director of cinematography were able to establish the personality of the two main characters within the first scene. When we first encounter the character of one, performed by Marshall Mahali, his confidence and dominance is established immediately by the use of smooth camera movements and soft sounds. On the other hand, the insecurity, the chaos and discomfort of Sharon are presented in the next scene with the use of a shaky handheld camera that creates confusion following the running protagonist and by the use of loud and disturbing sounds. Later in the film, when these two characters finally met, we can see the camera moving smoothly between them, without any kind of cuts, and this establishes a connection between them. Another interesting camera's choice are the shots from behind, which show our willingness to chase and explore the inner state of Chiron, even if both we and he result unsuccessful in doing so. Moreover, Jenkins' choice of placing the camera in between characters allows the audience to face them and become part of the scene instead of just looking from outside. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things you can point to in terms of the use of the camera and the cinematography, of course, by James Laxton in this case, um, with whom Barry Jenkins does, has done all his um, other film work as well. So you get that sort of nice sense um, at the very beginning of the film where the, the camera really sort of spins around um, Mahershala Ali's character, Juan. You get a sense of the neighbourhood, you get this sense of command of that space as well. So a lot of very fluid camera work, very mobile camera work, gets that sense of dominating a particular space in that sense. I think what's also really noticeable in Moonlight is also this use of frontal composition so you have characters facing the, ca the camera rather head on, and you can see them looking directly at the camera and they're kind of confronting the audience, kind of breaking that fourth wall sense um, as, they, as they do so. And a lot, there's a lot of um, scenes in which I think Shiro might be dreaming and he's dreaming of his mother who's kind of shouting at him and she's shouting silently, but towards the camera, towards the... Um, audience as though we were Sharon and then we cut to see a frontal composed shot of Sharon on the receiving end of all this yelling. So I think those frontal composed shots really put us in the position of the characters and really involving us in that sense um, with what's going on in the narrative. Um, so I think those are really important as well. So it's quite innovative use of mobile framing. I'm assuming there's some kind of drone shot that goes around the character and often goes through the neighbourhoods but also those frontal composed shots that put us in the position of characters within the film themselves. Along with camera movements, sound plays another huge role in Moonlight. In a few scenes, audio and visual don't match. For instance, in the scene when Sharon argues uh, with his mother, who wants him to give her money for drugs. And this technique is used to create a sort of distortion and confusion reflecting the character's feelings. Music is also essential to understand the personality of Chiron. And in contrast to the chaotic environment in which the character grows up, classic music is used to present the protagonist in herself and his desire for peace. In Moonlight, black boys look blue. That's what I'm going to call you, blue. Say your name, Blue. <laughs> nah. At some point, you gotta decide for yourself who you gonna be. OK? 
Can't let nobody make that decision for you. The most interesting part of the film, though, is the innovative approach Jenkins adopts to represent the coming of age of a black character in a poor black neighborhood. The classic formula used by traditional films to represent this specific environment and protagonist is based on violence, rap music, social realism, misery, harsh camera and naturalism, for instance. But Moonlight doesn't use these elements. This is because Moonlight is the opposite of what we would expect. This film, which has been defined as visual poetry, is revolutionary because it shows us what is inside the protagonist and how the inner life can be dismatched by the external one. This is all for today, but we will be back soon with our fourth revolutionary film. Thanks to Francis Smith and to you all for joining me today. And remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and ever look at our webpage. I'm Martina Drago, and this was Talking Films, the podcast which investigates revolutionary films. Mm-hmm.